0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Well, good morning and welcome to
1: Real Life Church so excited to be in God's presence together with you today. So whether you're with us here in person at Kentucky Trail or you're watching us online, go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's worship God together today. a shout of praise, our sins are gone, our shame is gone. He is so worthy
2: No matter what troubles we walked in with God, you are Lord over it all. And so we wait for you, for Breakthrough God, for your movement. You're here and we love you, we honor you, we praise you.
3: It's a good word from Second Corinthians and it says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what church? Freedom. That means there's no more chains. There's no more condemnation. Your chains are off of you. Your guilt is off of you. Your shame is off of you. And if you're thankful for that freedom this morning, I want to hear it. big church. Come on. Amen. Give it up to him this morning. Hey, we are just so, honored that you're spending part of your weekend, part of your Sunday, right here with us here at Real Life Church in person and online. If you're online right now, throw up some likes, throw up some hearts, and just type in the comments, greet each other. We're honored that you're our guest today. And hey, everyone in the room, can we give it up big for everyone joining us at Real Life Church Online? Amen. You may be seated. You know, I love what it says up there on the screen. We believe your story has significance. I believe that some people either online or in this room, chapter one of your story with God is being written as we speak, that you're here in the room with us. And if you're brand new today, you've never been here before. If you're brand new online, you've never clicked that link before. Let me give an extra special welcome to you. And I want to invite you right now online, click the link here in the room, get your phone out, and I want you to text RL New to 97000. And when you do that, a member of our connection team will reach out to you sometime this week. Don't worry, it's completely digital, but we just want to see how your Sunday morning went. Did you feel welcome? Answer any questions that you have about Real Life Church and maybe most importantly of all, see how can we be praying for you this week? If you've never done that before, if you've never taken that step, I would encourage you to do it right now. We would just be so honored if you did. And hey, let me go one step further. Let me ask this. I just want you to think about it. I want you to pray about it. No pressure. What would happen if you gave God the next three Sundays? You're already here today. You're already online today. What would happen If you committed right now and said, God, I'm going to give you these next three Sundays and see what you have for my life, what door you're going to open in my life in these next three weeks, how you're going to encourage me, how I can walk in your purpose these next three weeks, don't answer now, pray about it, think about it, and I'll just give you my my two cents, you won't be mad if you do that, you won't be mad if you do that. Alrighty, if you're brand new in the room, don't leave here today without stopping by our New Here booth. When you do that, we have a small gift for you. Just our way of saying thanks for being a part of Real Life Church this weekend. Please don't rush out before doing that. We'd just love to get to know you a little bit more. My favorite thing about Real Life Church is our mission. And it says that we exist to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And another way we say that is we're a church for the unchurched. We're a place you can go, whether you have been walking with God for years and years, you grew up in church, you've never missed a Sunday, you're just checking us out, or you know nothing about who God is, what the Bible has to say about him, about his son, Jesus, and his plan for your life. Wherever you are on that spectrum, this is the perfect place for you. There's no better day than today for you to get plugged in and learn a little bit more about him. And I just want to say, uh, when we leave, when you leave here today, before you head out these doors, find anybody with a name tag, find anybody that's been on this stage at all this morning, and we would just love to reach out and connect with you and see where are you on that journey and what can we do to help you pray, help you walk, help you take that next step. We would just be honored if you'd let us do that today. So thank you again for being here. Be praying about all these empty seats. Who are your family, your neighbors, your co-workers that could use a good word from Jesus today? Be thinking about that as well. You know, we, uh, we're in the middle of an awesome message series and one of the, our big takeaways is, you know, so many things go on in our lives. We've got you know, all the activities with the kids. I mean, who's already feeling stressed about summer with all the activities and getting them from here to there? I I know I am at times. And, you know, even good, I mean, those are good things too, right? We just got done with graduation season. Can I get an amen from some of you tired parents out there, right? I hear That's right. These are good things. These are all wonderful things. But I will say this, sometimes we get so caught up in these things that it's easy to tune out the word of God. And when we tune him out, We miss out on his power, we miss out on his strength, and we miss out on his plans for our life. So we're going to find out today how to tune into the power of God as Pastor Sean Petrie brings us another message in this series, Awake. And give it up for Pastor Sean, everyone. Come on.
0: Oh, you're good. (laughs) Drew was so enthralling, I didn't make up here in time. That's work, Drew. I was just watching like, man, Drew's just killing it today. So, man, I love it. Well, guys, welcome today. Man, I'm excited to be preaching. You guys ready to see something today from God? Come on. That song, Here's in Heaven, I swear, man, that's like gospel. There was so much in that, and that was like perfectly fit for the message today. And so we're in the third part of this series, and uh, man, we're jumping in. And I I love the first week talking about if you want a word from heaven, you might not find it here on earth, and the voices you listen to matter more than you think Trayvon the voice you listen to matter more than you think I'm going to preach this guy he's looking at me what's going on that's a word for Trayvon today by the way he knows what I'm talking about I'm telling you it is all right last week was awesome Carrie tore it up I'm telling you man brought the word come on give it for Carrie. I was like, "Wow, dude! She brought it, man!" Get in position, stop searching, and start serving in your purpose. And today, I believe God's going to speak to you. I need you guys' help uh, introducing today's theme. And so, we're a participatory church. If you're new with us, we love when you guys get involved and have fun. Um, the film guys, I will be jumping off stage here in a minute, but I need you guys' help. I need to know. I need to know who has ever met somebody in person that's famous. You had a personal encounter with somebody's famous. Put your hand in the air, really high. Come on, really high, really high. Dude, I'm kind of surprised not more hands. I mean, some of you guys have met Drew Holcomb already. Come on. <laughs> it's like an Austin Powers moment, like women want him, men want to be him kind of th- I'm just kidding. Where's Drew was the guy up here a minute ago, okay, if you don't know this, Drew. So, all right, put your hands up real quick again. If that was you, you met somebody famous. Let me look around here. Let me see. Let me see who I can pick on today. All right, I'm going to go this way. I used to go that way. All right, Brian, help me out here. Oh, man. Okay, somebody else. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, there you go. Ah, there but you go. Dave Ramsey or like um, multiple Hillsong members, so
1: Jack Gillies and Jad Gillies, David Ware, and uh, Nigel.
0: Uh, let's go. Let's go with uh, um, with Dave Ramsey. So, did you talk to Dave Ramsey? Yeah. Okay, yeah. What'd you guys talk about?
1: Uh, so it was when I was uh, 17, and I uh, paid off my last debt. I know I was only
0: 17, but you owed him money. Not him. No, I paid off my last debt that day, and I got to tell him I was debt free that day. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Have you been debt free since? No.
1: <laughs> I got but not now. There you
0: go. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Give it up for Brian and this crazy microphone. It's actually pretty impressive. So, tell us your name. I know your name, but tell your name. Kim. All right, Kim. Who did you meet that was famous? Well, I've met a lot of, of endless politicians, but they're no fun. So, um, I've met. Um, oh shoot! I can't remember his name. He's infamous. Well, I'll tell you another one. Okay. <laughs> She's so popular. She kind of rules in that crowd, you know. She actually came in a limo today. You just don't know that. So, who'd you meet? Bill Cosby. Come on. Well, you know, things would changed with him. But he's he's yeah. It was back when he was awesome. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that was under the rug there. But yeah. So, do you guys did you actually talk to him? Yes. Yes. And we he talk just about. It. Did jokes and stuff. It was at Universal Studios actually, Pretty and cool. he was just giving jokes and he stood there with the four of us, some friends, and talked to us for like 20 minutes. Dude, that's awesome. Give it up for Kim. Not for Bill. <laughs> it's always awkward, though, when you meet somebody famous, right? Like, what do you ask them? Like, what do you talk about? It's just like so weird in general. And so uh, about four or five years ago, or five or six years ago, I had an opportunity. God, <laughs> yeah, I love the sound system. But the opportunity to meet uh, somebody famous. And uh, I was traveling out to Denver, Colorado. I went with my buddy. We were gonna, we was going to visit my Who's whoop-whooping out there? Denver, Colorado. Oh, was you. Okay, cool. <laughs> we, know ha- we know what happens in Denver, Colorado. My buddy's name is Dobby, not Doobie, although he's launching a church in Denver, so I know why people are whooping and hollering, okay? That's just what it is out there. There are some people. Um, but anyway, so he's launching a church in Denver. We drove out there. Me and my wife were going out there, and we're like, okay, he wanted me to set up audio, do all sorts sort of stuff. I'm like, cool, man. I'll be there, whatever you need. So Dine's like, we got to figure out what we're going to do over there. And guess what? This uh, little concert was in town, Worship Night in America at the Red Rocks so I was like, man, I've got a speed to get there. Come on, somebody. So I'm going to, going to Denver. We get there. We show up. And the Red Rocks, apparently uh, Colorado Christians don't like to like spend money on seats. We sat like 10 rows from the front. And there's a little stage next to me. I was like, this is cool. What's going to happen? And uh, it was like Chris Tomlin, the little guy, if you don't know Chris Tomlin, louis gigolo come on somebody i'm like fangirling louis gigolo if that guy's speaking i'm like that i think he's like the greatest speaker in the world so i'm like man i gotta see louis i mean all sorts of different people i was like carrie Job, uh matt Mar, all these it's like but this is gonna be awesome it's a total surprise we show up so we watch the concert it is amazing the wind's blowing things are like look like they're gonna fall over i mean just all sorts of it was just crazy out there in red rocks beautiful so we get the hotel and then uh, the next morning get up and we're Ready to go? Got the luggage, you know. Walking out, and there is this cafe, and there's this like lady. I'm like, dude, it's Carrie Job, without the eyelashes. If you know, she got the 18 foot like windshield wipers. Diane's <laughs> like, that's Carrie Job. You know what I'm talking about? So like, she was she was praying at time, She wasn't she wasn't on the stage, you know. But like okay, and uh, then we like walking a little farther. And it's like, hey, that's Chris Tomlin he's like right in front of us and Dynes like oh i don't want to talk to him I'm like get over here we're gonna meet chris tomlin so, I'm like, come on, come on, come on. so we go up, we go up and i'm like hey you're chris Tomlin, right he's like oh yeah i'm chris tomlin oh, that's cool it's like man his awesome job last night that wind was crazy and uh, he's like oh yeah we almost had to shut down because the speakers blew over before he got there and i was like did you see matt mara almost blow off the side stage like he lost some cymbals and the drums and i was ready to catch him and we we're laughing and stuff and i said chris i mean i love your music like all this is incredible and he goes hey, i got to give David a lot of credit. I stole a lot of stuff from the Bible. He would really have to talk about that one day in heaven. I'm like, that's pretty cool, you know. And if you don't know Chris Tomlin, I'm talking like to this. Chris is like this high, you know, if you ever met Chris Tomlin. and So then I asked the world's dumbest question. Because, you know, when you t- talk to famous people, you don't know what to say. And so I'm like, without missing a beat, I'm like, hey, Chris, hey, where is Louis Giglio? Where's Louis? Where's Louis? Because I'm like, I'm like Louis fan. Like, where's Louis? And Diane, she's standing next to me. She's like, oh. What an idiot, you know? I could have asked him anything in the world. Like, where's your inspiration come from? Hey, if you're starting out in ministry, what would you say? Like, what do you see in the future of the church, the rise in the future, Chris? No, no, no. Hey, where's Louie? Where's Louie little Chris? Come on, where's Louie? He's like, he left last night to go to land. I'm like, it's cool. It's cool, Chris. Take it easy. God bless. It was good meeting. Dine's like, you're such an idiot, She's like, the town's back that way, you know. It's like, what were you thinking? I'm like, I was not. I mean, it was Chris Tomlin. That's cool. I mean, he's like the greatest worship artist of all time, you know. But, hey, where's Louie, right? That's just my mentality. And so maybe today you're in a situation where there's something right in front of you, but you're missing it. Like there's something right in your fingertips, but slipping through. Maybe there's a relationship in your life. Maybe there's a friend or a family member that you take it for granted. Maybe there's something that's untapped potential right in your life today. Can I just tell you today that there is something in your life that's easily forgotten, that's often overlooked, that is the greatest power in the world. Like the greatest untapped resource sits in your hands today. Today we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. I call this, this message Spirit Move. And before you get all weird out of me, I'm not going to do anything crazy, okay? We're not casting out demons today. Come on, somebody. Say amen. No casting out demons. Not doing anything like that. Uh, we're, not gonna we're not going to heal anybody today. Not going Benny Hand on the stage. Not going to hit anybody. Come on. I'd love to hit some people. That'd be fun. Come to church. I hit you. Um, not, not happening. Uh, not, nothing weird. Nobody's rolling the aisles. Nothing like that. But I just believe you get a glimpse of the Holy Spirit. You get a glimpse of the power of God and what's going to do in your life. I believe He's going to move you and you will be forever changed. Matter of fact, I want you to show you what happens when the Spirit of God moves. It's found in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. This is the very first verse in the Bible. So if you go to the table of contents, go right, you're going to find this. It says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Man, get this, there is nothing living on earth. It is in darkness. It is destitute. And check out what happens in the second part verse 2. It says, in the spirit of God, what? Help me out. What to it do? It, oh, man, that wasn't very good. It moved. It moved. That's a Chipotle burrito movement. That is not the spirit of God. I'm telling you, the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. This is the first move of the Holy Spirit you find in the scripture. Matter of fact, it's so powerful, we often forget the power of the Holy Spirit. And what happened in the power of the Holy Spirit, the first day, the Spirit moves and separates the darkness from the light. I don't know how that happens, but that would be really cool to watch. Just pulls it apart, and he gives one the name day and the other night, and this is the first day. Just one day, the Spirit of God. Second day, the Spirit of God separates the water from the water. That's confusing. He creates the atmosphere. He puts the clouds in the sky. All of a sudden, there's a blue sky. There's air to be breathed. Just in the second day, the spirit the vegetation all grows. He separates dry land on the third day from the sea. I mean, this is incredible what God can do just in a moment, just in a day. The spirit of God, my favorite day is the fourth day because it's kind of crazy, but it's like the greatest fireworks show ever because all the stars and the sun and the moon were trillions of stars just thrown up in the sky so we could have organization and we could have direction and just endless galaxies and universes created for us. Isn't that incredible? Just me today. Just me today. It's going to be good. We're going to get there. I'm telling you. You're not going to miss this. The spirit of God moves and everything changes. Matter of fact, he creates the birds and he creates the fish. And then the sixth day, he creates all living creatures on the land. And God kneels down and he forms us out of the dirt and breathes. And the breath of life moves from God's lungs into ours and we become a living soul in the image of God. All because the spirit of God Help me out here. Moved, and what is going to happen? The Spirit of God moved in your life. I want to dedicate this message to those of you that are struggling, those of you in a season of wandering, wondering what to do with your life. Those of you who are wounded from the past. Some of you guys are in leadership, and we say in the church, you're bleeding on the sheep. Like some of you guys in leadership, you don't, you're like way outside your league and you need God to do something in your life. Some of you guys are confused on your calling. Some of you guys are looking for a purpose. Some of you guys are looking in the mirror and you don't think you're good enough and you're looking down on yourself. Some of you guys are looking around at other people wondering what to do. But today I believe God is calling you to look to heaven to look to what God is doing in your life. And today, I believe the Spirit of God wants to move in your life more than he's ever moved. It is June 6, 2021. I believe today, the Spirit of God wants to more alive in you than ever. I promise when you guys sang that song, Here's in Heaven, it was speaking to me probably more than anybody else, I'm telling you, because that song was perfectly fit for today. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a glimpse of the power of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And then I'm gonna give you what it is in the New Testament. I believe it's gonna be super applicable for your life. We're gonna pick up a few, where we were a few weeks ago. Uh, if you remember, we we're talking about how the Israelites left uh, Egypt and the Pharaoh's armies are crushed in the Red Sea. They traveled across uh, the wilderness, they got to the promised land, they sent in the spies, and for 40 days they wandered around on are taking pictures, whatever they're doing, right? Just watching things and seeing what's made of. They get back, they give a report back, and that report is all negative, besides a couple people. Their faithless report, they didn't go in the promised land. And so God says, for every day in the promised land, you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And that's where the story picks up. Moses is frustrated. He's wandering. He's irritated. He's with people that are highly opinionated, that don't want to follow him. He's irritated. He is just wandering in a desert. And he asked God this question I believe God wants you to ask him today. And it's found in Exodus 33, 13. It says this. Moses cries out to God, says, "If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways." Man, what a dangerous prayer, God. If you're pleased with me, just teach me your ways because what I want to know you. Man, you, you remember you prayed that prayer the first time, man. God, just teach me about you. I want to know who you are. Can you find favor with you? Remember, this nation is your people. And Lord replied, "My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest." And then Moses says, "Now show me your glory." Man, this is incredible. Like, for Moses, it wasn't enough to have, like, a pillar of fire and a cloud and manna from the the sky. No, he didn't want the presence of God around him. He wanted all of God inside of him. Amen? Do you remember that day in your life where you're just like, I cannot get enough of Jesus? Do you remember those days? Like, it wasn't enough to show up on Sunday. It wasn't enough just to have your Bible sitting next to your bed. Like, you actually were just digging into it. You're just feeding your soul. And you're like, man, I've got to have all of you. God, just teach me. I want to know you. Not even that, I want to show you. Show me your glory. Like let me see every bit of you. I don't want peace. If you I want 100% of your power and experience you today, I man, you will be a church on fire. That's a church on fire. Amen. I'm telling you. Look what God does. Exodus 33:19. The Lord said, "I will cause all my goodness." Man, that's incredible. Not just the peace of God is gonna to come to Moses, but all of God's presence is gonna to come to Moses. Full access to 100% of God's goodness in his life. And what's it say? My goodness to what? What's it gonna do? He's gonna pass in front of you. All of a sudden, Moses is gonna experience all of God. Like, he's going to slow down and make time for Moses. He's going to say, I'm going to bring every part of me on you. And this is what he says. I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I'll have mercy on who have mercy. I'll have compassion on who have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see, my, see me and live. And the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand in a rock. And when my glory passes by, I'll put you in this little cleft. I'll put you in this little hideout. In this rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I pass by. And then, when I remove my hand, after I've passed by, you will see my back, but my face you must not see. He just wants a piece of his glory. I want you to check this out. When Moses asked God to move in his life, when he wanted to know Him, he wanted to experience Him. God, God did not give him an appetizer. God did not give him a little, like, here's a little piece of me. Hey, uh, Moses, I'm awfully busy. Uh, let me check my schedule. I might be able to squeeze you in my schedule. You ever talk to somebody famous and try to get on their schedule? Come on, somebody. It's a little hard to get on their schedule. Like, I might be able to squeeze you in. Hey, Moses, hey, just call me. Just call me, Moses. Reach out. Send me an email. We'll get together. i checked check my calendar. You know, Moses, I'm just a little frustrated, a little disappointed how you kind of handled the promised land there, like I gave it to you. You didn't go in, like come back a little better. Like maybe get a little more faith. And when you get a little better and you clean up your life, then maybe you can hang out. Like God didn't give him an appetizer, like God gave him the full meal. Amen. He gave him all of his presents. Matter of fact, he gave Moses the most that Moses could handle. I mean, do you see it in the verse? If he gave more of himself to Moses, Moses would die. Isn't that incredible? Like, God is not holding back from you today. God wants all of you. He's trying to get into your presence. Like, he wants to experience life with you. I mean, i to tell you something. When you call to God, God is always ready. Matter of fact, I'd say he is more than ready, amen, to meet with you. I'm going to tell you something. Your heavenly father is not a 21st century dad because he always shows up. No offense to you good dads out there, but there's a lot of dads who never show up. And God is always ready and willing to meet with you. Moses is wandering in the wilderness. He is hurting and frustrated. And that matter of fact, it's pretty interesting. God calls the people he's leading. He quotes them as stiff-necked people. You ever been a team leader of stiff-necked people? Don't raise your hand if you're a church leader. <laughs> Come on, somebody, right? You're stiff-necked people. You know what that means? It means they're highly opinionated. It means they're stubborn. They're unteachable. You think Moses has got some problems and some stress in his life? Like he's trying to lead and he's like, guys, need you in my season. I'm not enough. And he cries out to God. And God shows up and pulls up a seat at his table. This is incredible. I'm telling you what, if somebody if I had if I had Louis Gigglo's number and I called him, which I don't, if you have Lou's number, please pass it on to me. Come on, somebody. I will try this out. But if I call Louis Giglio, he one will not pick up. Two, he will not get on the Chick-fil-A jet. And come to Kansas City from Atlanta and go to 504 Birchwood Court to meet with Sean Petrie and pull up a seat at my table. But I have somebody infinitely better I can call on. Come on, somebody. And he'll show up to my table right now in this moment. Amen? And you have the same access to the Holy Spirit. There's something in your fingertips that may be slipping through. Like there's somebody that maybe we're missing in our life. And I believe it's the Spirit of God. God wants to meet with you today. For some of you, you're like, well, if God really knew me, come on. You wouldn't want to meet with me if you really knew me. Can I tell you today that God knit you together? That God formed you. Like he gave you your breath. He's asking for you to give it back to him. He gave you everything because he wants to meet with you. He wants to be in your presence. He wants to meet with you today. Man, I love what it says in Revelation 3.20. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. This is Jesus talking to people who don't know him. He says, "Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if one hears my what? What's he say? Here's my, here's my voice. Here's my voice. And opens the door. I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. I love it. Jesus is knocking. And he's not just knocking. He's calling out. Hey, Sean. This is God. I'm trying to get a hold of you. Hey, Carrie. She's the second row. Hey, Carrie. Hey, Holly. Hey, Drew. Hey, Eric. Hey, Bruce. Bruce over there. Hey, hey, hey." I'm calling out to you. Isn't that crazy? The voice of God is calling out to you, that God wants to be in your presence today, and all you have to do is just go, eh, and open the door. Like, God is available every single moment, 100% of the time, right in front of us. Matter of fact, look at the um, invitation Jesus extends in Romans ten thirteen. It says, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Isn't that incredible? That God is for everybody. Like, every empty seat. I mean, we were walking at the Summer fest yesterday. And know it's just like almost heartbreaking at some level because like you know so many people don't know Jesus. You're just like watching people go by and it's like this is life. You know, we were praying earlier about it, but there's a church in town, um, Life Church, one of their campus pastors passed away this last week. It's like so fast. 41, got three kids. You just never know. And you see people's eternity as they come by. And you're like God's presence is knocking on their heart. Like that's how important this is to us. This mission we have at our church to reach people. This invitation is extended to anybody like Moses and say, you know what, God, I want you to teach me your ways because I want to know you. And when you cry out to God, I promise you Jesus is going to come into your life and change you forever. Look how God met with Moses. Exodus 34, 4. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones. We're just going to have to stop there because you're like, what in the world is this talking about? And so Moses, you've got to back up like 13 chapters, Exodus 20, not put on the screen. But he went up to Mount Sinai and he chiseled out the Ten Commandments. He met with God for 40 days, chiseled out the Ten Commandments. He's writing all this other covenants down. He's chiseling out in stone. And God says, hey, Moses, uh, you might want to check on your people. The second leader in charge, Aaron, just like made a gold calf of everybody in their are worshiping. So you might want to go down there before I take care of that. And so Moses runs down the mountain with his tablets. He sees what's going on, and he just gets so mad, he smashes them on the ground. That's pretty righteous anger, isn't it? I mean, who knew the history of the world part one was halfway true? You know what I'm saying? These 15 Ten Commandments, right? All right, whatever, you didn't see the movie, it's cool. I don't know how I relate a Mel Brooks movie into the Bible, but that's a cool. That's what Moses does. He's so frustrated with his people, these stiff-necked people. They just did all this crazy stuff and he's now smashing the Ten Commandments. But who knows that God, sometimes you gotta do it twice, amen? It just happens. You just, you just didn't get it right the first time. So at this time, he goes up to Mount Sinai a second time. Early in the morning, the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets, the new ones, in his hands. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed, name, this is the Lord. I love this. So at this point, there's a cloud surrounding the glory of God. He comes down. Moses is in the little cleft, and he's crying out because you can't see him yet. He's like, this is the Lord. You think it's a cloud, but it's the Lord. And he reaches out, and he puts his hand over Moses' eyes. And he covers his face. And he goes, okay, you ready? On the count of three, I'm going to pass by. One, two, three. And he sees the backside of his back. And he sees the back of God's glory. And this is what God says as he passes by. He says, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate one. This is the glory of God. The gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love, faithful, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness and rebellion of sin. And God just slips out of you. That's all Moses saw was the back of God for like a brief moment. You ever seen like a muscle car pass you on the highway? You know, and you just get that moment where it goes by. Come on, Rob Halford. <clears throat> lights, right? Rob's trying. Brian does it too, I think. I don't know. Just <clears throat> gone. Or you ever got out of a movie and then you didn't get in the movie because it was sold out you wanted to go to, but you can kind of hear it as you walk by the door and you're like, oh. Just that split second of the glory of God. Just as a glimpse of God, look what happens to Moses in this situation. Exodus thirty four twenty nine says this. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets that he's made, the covenant of law, these are the Ten Commandments, other things, in his hands, he was not aware that his face was what? What's it say? His face was glowing. Like he had no idea. Like he had no idea the presence of Jesus, the presence of God, was going to change his life. Matter of fact, he said he had spoken to the Lord as so his face was radiant. Just a glimpse of God is beaming light. Isn't that incredible? I mean, it's like a Christmas vacation before Chevy Chase. Come on, somebody. I mean, just just going crazy. He had no idea that the presence of God was going to change his life so much. Can I tell you this today? That nothing replaces the presence of God in your life. There's nothing that replaces the presence of God in your life. There's no self-help book. There's no accolade. There's no award. There's no accomplishment. There's no bank account size. There's no enough popularity, enough friends, enough likes. There's not enough stuff. There's not enough promotion there's not enough anything that even compares to God's presence in your life. But in 2021, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of fake substitutes in there. There's a lot of things that want to take that space. Here's your 10 steps to whatever it is. Here's this great thing. And you know, there's a lot you can learn from psychology and a lot you can learn from science because science is real. Come on, somebody. There's a lot you can learn from all these things, but nothing will ever replace the power and presence of God in your life. There's nothing that compares to what God can do in and through you. Can I tell you, that you can't fake the presence of God. You can try to fake the presence of God. Holy Christian, how are you, brother, sister? Hallelujah. Amen. I've been transformed, reformed, you know, whatever else, right? Whatever you want to say. But you can't fake the presence of God. People notice. Just like when they notice Moses' face, they know the presence of God is in his life. Look what it says in Acts 4.13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John. I mean, these apostles that had been with Jesus, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. I love this. You go back to the Greek, that being stupid. They're stupid men, right, just like me and everybody else. We're just don't know anything. We're just a guy. Okay, come on. And they were astonished that they, and they took note these men had what? Had been with, has been with Jesus. They'd been in the 100% accessible presence of God that we have today, and the Holy Spirit moved them from ordinary men to extraordinary leaders. The presence of God moved them. It wasn't their ability. We are not smart enough. Come on, somebody. We are not good enough. We're not qualified enough. But because of the cross, because of what God does in us, all of a sudden we become extraordinary leaders to do impossible things for God. Can I tell you, everything changes when you get in the presence of God. Do you know your marriage changes when you get in the presence of God? Like the old Sean Petrie is nowhere near what God has called me to be. And without Jesus, our marriage would not work. Maybe you could walk around the rest of my family and be like, what is going on? It's like, I don't have anything special. I just got Jesus. Come on, somebody. Like your relationships change. Your attitude changes. You do things you never thought possible because it's no longer you, but it's God in you. Everything changes. I can tell by your response today that we need some change. Come on, somebody. We just don't believe that yet. just haven't seen that yet. Maybe you just need some courage because here's the thing. There's a direct correlation between your boldness in the presence of God in your life. If you are not doing bold things, I would encourage you to get in God's presence because God never called us to something comfortable. God not send his very best into you, his masterpiece, for us to play it safe. Matter of fact, you are the picture of God on earth. I'll tell you what everybody notices when you walk with Jesus. When Aaron came, Moses came down, it says in verse 34, chapter 34, verse 30, it says, when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses. So all everybody saw Moses. His face was radiant, and they are afraid to come near him. They all recognized he had been with Jesus, and people can recognize that in our lives. Can I tell you how people notice? This is crazy how it works out. So today, can I tell you that God's presence is in your life, and he has transformed you. If you know Jesus, the Spirit lives inside of you. And he's transformed you, and people know us around you. Let me tell you about a guy I met this week called Bill. Bill, he was in and out of prison for 17 years. He was a drug addict, drug dealer, and he wanted to actually stay in prison. He wanted to actually get a life sentence because he was so depressed and discouraged and hopeless. Somebody in prison shared the gospel with him. He remembers laying on the floor, the cold floor of the prison, and crying out to God to come to his life. And the Spirit of God moved into Bill. All of a sudden, Bill realizes he's got a purpose. There's a reason he's supposed to be here, and it's not this prison cell. And so he gets released, and the first thing he does is he goes to church. Come on, somebody. You want to be that kind of church? I told you, hold your purses and wallets. You never know who's showing up, right? We are that church. And so Bill shows up. He goes to church. There's a guy named Doug. Doug starts pouring the bill, which I love because that's what disciples do. Disciples make disciples. Disciples lead people. Inside, mental people. Disciples see people inside of somebody they don't see themselves. Disciples bring people along. the at least qualified. The willing but not ready. The people you'd never pick, the stupid people, the ordinary people, ordinary men, fishermen. Somebody, Doug, saw that and Bill. Bill ends up going to, check this out, seminary. Can you believe that? He went to Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's like, I was in chapel, and they're like, saying these words, I don't even know what they were saying. It was crazy words, big words, I don't know what they mean, but I know God's got a purpose for me. Bill's living at the Welcome Inn in, in Blue Springs, Independence Area living in the welcome in. He starts a little Bible study under the stairs at the welcome in. Come on. People start noticing Bill's walking with Jesus. Bill starts sharing his story about his drug addiction and God set him free and all the things he's going on. All of a sudden people started showing up. And they started leading more Bible studies on Saturday. People start coming. They say, you know what? We don't have a church. You wouldn't have a pastor. But you're our pastor and this is our church. So you can find Bill on Sunday morning, set up and tearing down in the middle of the parking lot at the welcome in. For nine months. Come on, somebody. People notice when you walk with Jesus. People notice the Spirit of God in your life. They notice that you've been transformed. What happened to Bill? This isn't the same Bill. Something's different with him. God can encourage you today the Spirit of God can do impossible things in your life. Do you remember the first time people started noticing your life was different? I was 15 years old. I was all about me, doing my thing. Nothing super crazy, but crazy enough to be separated from God. And all of a sudden, the Spirit moved in my life. I became a Christian. And I remember people around me kept saying, "What has gotten to Sean?" I started getting the nickname "Jesus freak." Matter of fact, my Catholic family started calling me Martin Luther, just so about Jesus. I was a Protestant, and they were Catholics. It's a joke. You'll get it later. Look it up. All of a sudden, I was just that guy. Like, what's different about him? My friends were asking, "What has gotten into you?" Can I just tell you today what has gotten into me? I guess we have some fun. This is all going to come together. You're just like, "Why are we talking about Moses? Why are we talking about all this stuff?" Can I just ask a simple question? Man, what what? made Moses' face radiate. Like why did his face glow? And if you're gonna see what the transformation happened to Moses, you gotta go all the way back to Genesis one. We started here in Genesis one, one and two. You gotta go all the way back to this verse, all the way back to the beginning where God created the heavens and the earth and it was void and destitute and there was no life. And it said the spirit of God moved on the water, which would be an amazing picture by the way. And the first day he separated the light from the darkness. But isn't it curious that the stars and the sun, the moon weren't created to the fourth day? You ever thought about that before? Like what light is he separating from the darkness? Like what is being pulled apart from the darkness? I think a better question to ask is whose light is being moved from the darkness? Matter of fact, in Bible terms, this is the glory of God. The glory of God was lighting up the world before there was sun, moon, and stars. Matter of fact, it was his goodness and his love and his grace and his mercy and his holiness that shined out of God. He is so pure and so perfect. He is called the light. And that's what the darkness was separated from. Matter of fact, in the new heaven and new earth, God is light. There's no sun that lights up the new heaven and new earth in the revelation. It's the glory of God. The Bible calls it the Shekinah glory of God. And so when Moses has his eyes covered and he sees the back of God. He sees God's glory radiating from God. And he sees his goodness and his grace and his mercy just for a glimpse of a moment. But I can tell you today what God has done, like what has gotten into you today is the Holy Spirit of God. See, Moses just got a little piece of the Spirit of God. He's got a little bit of his glory, but I can tell you today, the glory of God runs in your veins today. Come on, somebody. The glory of God has moved into you. You don't get a three-second picture or walking by a theater of what God is doing. You get all of God. He lives inside of you. The Bible says you are the light of the world. You are a light. When you walk around, you're the light of Jesus because the glory of God lives in you. Come on, my preach is been your guys' response. I'm telling you, this is good. Matter of fact, this is good. I know Louis is cool. Louis is really cool, but this is big news for us today. The Holy Spirit is in residence in our life. Look, it says in 1 Corinthians six nineteen. Do not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? Like, you are just the, the, the embodiment of the spirits. You're just a little God walking around. Like, there's a spirit inside of you. They don't just see you. They don't see Sean Petrie. They see God. They see Jesus, his work in me. I'm just a vessel, and God is moving through me. Now you think, well, okay, okay, Sean, you're really fired up about this. I thought about this for two weeks. I didn't preach last week. You guys are you're in for it. I'm telling you. God lives in you. Look, at it says in 1 Peter 1, 12, I love this. This is all in context. You read the whole thing, but I just give you one verse. It says, it is all so wonderful. Talk about the spirit of God living in you. It's also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things. you have know, the angels on the edge of heaven watching what God wants to do in your life today. Isn't that incredible to think about? That God's spirit just didn't transform you on the inside and people around you notice everywhere you go. And people see it in your life and like what has gotten into you? But the angels have walked up to the edge of heaven and are looking to see what God's gonna do in your life today. June 6th. What's God doing today? They were cheering you on. You thought you were sent up to church in the middle of the series, didn't you? You thought it was just another Sunday. You thought I'm just gonna hear Sean preach for a little bit and we'll go back home. It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be awesome, it's cool, whatever. No, no. The world is watching the Spirit of God and the angels on the edge of heaven. More than all the World Series combined, there's a crowd of angels cheering for you today. Come on, somebody. I mean, what if we stop looking down at all the problems we face? all the negativity, and all the self-pity, and all the insecurity, and all the fear, and we say, man, I'm not good enough, and I can't make it, I don't have enough, and I don't know what to do, and I'm so worried. And we stop looking around at everybody else around us, and what they have, and their fun toys, and Elon Musk shooting more stuff in the space, you know, whatever, it's like, cool, love you, Musk. It's like all this stuff, we look, all comparison, all this stuff, but we start looking up to heaven. Like when we start looking to heaven, they say, God, what do you want me to do? God, just teach me. God, I wanna know you. God, I wanna see your glory. God, do something that's impossible in my life. There was a crowd much larger than any crowd you've ever been around cheering for God to do something incredible in your life today. And we're looking at all around this stuff and God is just cheering you on his presence. He wants to be, I love it. He wants to be in your presence. We don't have to go to God's presence. He is right here, knocking on your heart today. Can I tell you today, there's supernatural glory flowing in your veins. I'm thinking like propaganda. We're going to old school if you've been in my youth ministry, propaganda style. But look at the extent that Jesus went to be in your presence. Matthew 5.17. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Now I love this. This is talking about Moses. When he's up on that mountain for four days, he's chiseling out the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt do this, do this, and this and this. And he writes all this covenant, all these laws. And these laws were made to basically show us that we're sinners, that we can't do it on our own. That law brings death. Like this law really shows us that we need a savior. This law was heavy. It was written for a purpose. And Jesus shows up and he said, I didn't come to say, get rid of the law. No, I came to fulfill everything that I already told Moses because Jesus is the only perfect one who can do this. Jesus is the only person that could fulfill everything that he told Moses. There's no, None of us could ever have done this, but Jesus does this for us. Matter of fact, there's actually 10 chapters of laws written in Exodus 20 to Exodus 30 of all the stuff that we should and should not do. It's called religion, come on somebody. But Jesus destroys religion. Look what Jesus does to get into your presence. I love this, John 19, 36. It says, these things happened so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. If you read the Gospels, you're going to see this over and over and over and over. The Scripture was written, so this can be fulfilled. The Scripture is written, so this can be fulfilled. The Scripture is written, so this can be fulfilled. Jesus was fulfilling every bit of the law for us, trying to get into our presence. This what it says here. This is after Jesus passed away. He died on the cross. He's still fulfilling Scripture with his death. It says that one of his bones was broken. And another Scripture says, because I keep telling, keeps telling you that, and they look at the one who has been pierced. When Jesus was on that cross and he died, you died from usually asphyxiation on the cross as a torture method. If you didn't die by the next morning, they'd break your legs so you'd surely die. When they got to Jesus, he had already died. So he didn't break his legs, fulfilling a scripture. And then they stabbed him in the side and blood and water came out, fulfilling another scripture. Jesus spent his entire life trying to get into your presence. Like he did what we could never do for ourselves. He fulfilled every bit of this Old Testament law so he could issue in a new age of grace a new age of life for us. Matter of fact, there's some stuff that Jesus did for us. He endured the cross, fulfilled scripture. He was tortured, 39, 40 lashes. He was stabbed in the side. He was, a crown of thorns was pushed on his head and a sign hung above it that says, here hanging the king of the Jews. They ripped apart his clothes and they cast lots for fulfilling a scripture. There's so much scripture and so much prophecy fulfilled in the life of Jesus. It's unbelievable that anybody doubts the life of Jesus. And Jesus did it all to meet you. It's no accident. He did this to be in your presence today, June 6th. Come on, somebody. It's not an ordinary day. This is God's day. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. I heard about Danny passing away, the campus pastor of Buntlet Life or by life, man, life Church. And I kept thinking to myself, it's like, you know what? This is gonna be heavy. But I kept thinking to myself, I could be buried by Friday, any week. And he's 41. And you think you got like a lifetime ahead of you, but you never know. I mean, God wants to do something today. We're not guaranteed anything, but God has a plan. Matter of fact, this is what Jesus did to get to you. John 19, 30, it says, when Jesus had received the drink, this is just previous to this last verse. When Jesus received his drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And this is like a judicial term, an accounting term. He has paid all your debt in full to tell us that it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his what? Somebody say it. He gave up his, gave up his spirit. This is crazy. With Jesus' last breath, he gave up his spirit. With Jesus' last breath, he paid all of our debt, all of our wrong, fulfilled all the law, all the prophecy. And with his last breath, he gave up his spirit. With his righteousness, the spirit was no longer contained to Jesus or somewhere out there. All of a sudden, the spirit of God was available to all humanity. And don't miss it. It moved into us. Come on. The first time in all of eternity, the spirit of God lives in us because of Jesus. And the angels are waiting and watching what's God going to do through his people. God has a plan for your life. I mean, this is how exciting, and I'll, I'll get in here because you're to watch it, but this is, exci- this is how Paul was like, so excited about 2 Corinthians. He wrote this in chapter 3, verse 7. It says this, now if the ministry of death, you can hang with me because I just got to explain this little bit. The ministry of death, this is the law. This is those tablets that are written with stone that tell all these things that condemn us, all those things that say, you're not good enough to make it to God. And it was, that was the point of it, to show us that we were in need of a savior, that we we're sinners. If this ministry of death, the law, carved in letters on stone, those tablets that Moses carried, came with such glory that Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of his glory. The face of Moses was so bright, had to veil it because the people couldn't see the glory off of his face because it was like, whoa, you've been in the presence of God for three seconds. He put a veil over it. He says, if this glory which is being brought to an end because Jesus fulfilled this glory. If this law of death was glorious, if these tablets were glorious, if the glory from Moses' face was glorious, will not the ministry of the spirit have even more glory? Come on, somebody. You tell me God doesn't wanna do something in your life? You tell me I'm qualified? Dude, I'm not worried about you. God lives in you. You are qualified. You got some, you got some Holy Spirit. You got some glory running through your veins, some magma. In verse nine, for if there is glory in the ministry of condemnation, ministry of the law, if there's any glory in that, that ministry of righteousness must be far exceeded in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to no glory at all, but because of the glory that surpassed it being Jesus. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, how much more will what is permanent have glory? You know, God has permanently transformed your life with the Holy Spirit. He has permanently changed you. You are not just upgraded. He like tore down the Starbucks and built a new one. Come on, somebody. You are transformed. When the Spirit of God came into your life, when you received Jesus, you were made completely new. You were given a new name because God loves you and has a purpose for your life. He He did not put the Spirit in us for us not to show off his glory. He wants to show off with you today. Matter of fact, the very next verse says in verse 12, it says, We have such hope, we are what? We are very bold. Help you out. Very bold. I mean, your boldness is directly related to your presence of God in your life. And if God's moving in your life, the Spirit lives in your life, we are bold. I mean, how bold are we as a church? How bold is your life? Every week, you're like, you know, I did something bold for God, something that nobody thought possible, something that was in, it wasn't going to work out. My, when I was Became a Christian. and kept saying, "It's a phase. It's a phase. It's a phase." Well, 20 or 1 years later, come on, somebody. <laughs> Woo, this phase is long. It's to last eternity. Because you're gonna do something bold with your life this week, today. God's calling you something. So it's "Not like Moses, he put a veil over his face so the Israelites must not gaze at the outcome. It was being brought to an end. See, Moses, he knew the glory was fading, so he kept the veil over his face. That's what they think. They kept the veil over his face because the glory was going away, and he want people to think the glory is on his life." But not for us, it's totally different. When you became a Christian, verse 16, it says, the one who turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Like the light is ready to shine, come on, somebody. Like you don't have a veil stopping the glory of God coming out, no, no, you want the world to see the glory of God. It says, now the spirit, now Lord's the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, come on, Drew, you read this earlier. There is freedom. The spirit of God brought freedom in your life. Do you know you're free today from the weight of sin? Come on, somebody. You're free from the shackles of slavery, of sin. You're free from the weight of religion. You're free from shame. The shame is off of you. You're free from guilt and condemnation and self-pity and self-defeat. You are free from all these things because the spirit of God lives in your life. You have to prove yourself to somebody. You have to be somebody. There's gonna be a lot of people we've never met in the huts of Africa that front row seats to heaven because they chose to look up at the angels cheering them on instead of around the world that tells them not good enough. There's people that pursue God around us. We don't need the other people around us. Come on. We don't live for an audience. We live for an audience of one. His name is Jesus, and you are free today. This will end with this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, and we all with unveiled face, us as Christians, it says, beholding the glory of the Lord. This is the first time in history that we can look at the glory of God. Moses could get three seconds, but we get an eternity, the spirit living in us today. The Spirit lives in me, in you. It says this: you are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another degree of glory to another degree of glory to another degree of glory. You're becoming more and more like Jesus. Your life is being changed. The world doesn't understand you. You're walking by faith and not by sight. You are bold because of what God is doing in your life. Every single day, you have access to God. He says, for this comes from the Lord who is a spirit. And when's the last time we prayed, Spirit, move? I mean, I want to know you. I want to experience all of you, God. And God is on the other side of the door, ready to come in. And for some of you guys you need to walk in the Spirit you haven't done in a long time. And some of you guys have never met Jesus. And the Spirit of God wants to come into your life today. Can I tell you today that God did not send his best into you, his masterpiece, for you to play it safe. He has purposed you. He has called you. He has gifted you. He has blessed you. He has knit you together for this moment in time. For June 6th, 2021, he has put the spirit of God in your life to transform you, to change you, to do impossible things that nobody would ever imagine, but God is calling you to do it. To a watching world, because you are the light of the world. Like you bring the gospel you bring the keys of freedom to people while the whole heaven cheers you on come on somebody this is who God has called you to be this is the Holy Spirit in your life can I encourage you today just to cry out to God Spirit move just move just move not me you just move God do something in my life I can't do on my own teach me your ways God want to know you show me your glory today Father come before you God, I pray your spirit to move in this place. God, there's so many in this room. God, we need a touch of the spirit of God in our life in this moment. We need you. We are called to follow you. God, help us to bring ourselves to the point where we want your presence in our lives. I wanna pray for you as a church today. Those of you who say, you know what? I need the spirit of God to move my life. I know Jesus, but I need the spirit to move. I've been doing my own power, my own strength, but today I want the spirit in my life. I want all of him, every bit of him in my life. I'm so thankful for Jesus. If that's you, you want the spirit to move in your life, just put your hands high. Man, unashamed, you want the spirit to move. Come on, put those hands up high. If that's you, I want the spirit of God to move in my life. And see your hands across this place. I wanna pray for another group of people. Those of you who say, you know what? I need need the Spirit of God in my life today. I know God's been chasing me and knocking on the door. I'm a lot like Bill, maybe giving up on life, and I need Jesus. The Bible says, whoever calls the name of Jesus will be saved, forgiven, and made new. That's you today, so you know, I need Jesus. I need His presence. The Bible says He will come into your life and save you from sins today. If that's you, in a moment of boldness, would you just raise your hands high and say, I need Jesus today? Anybody like this in this room? Maybe you're online. Put those hands up. I need Jesus. Come on. I need Jesus. Now I just want to lead you to prayer. This prayer doesn't save you, but it's the, your heart to God. Just cry and say, God, I want to know you. God, teach me your ways. God, show me your glory. I'm so in love with what you've done for me. God, thank you for making a way for me to come into your presence. God, you're hunting me down. You've been chasing me for a long time, but God, I want to know you. God, I want to be the church. That's on fire. God, help me to live in your presence every day. God, I pray for the spirit of God to move in this place. And praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for the spirit of God and what he's doing in our life. Come on.
4: <laughs> Man, if you're with us today or you're following online and you got the same story as Bill and you've taken that moment just to follow God and you made that decision for him and you prayed that prayer, I want you to know that we are all in for you. We want to help you in any way that we can. So I've got a couple of great next steps for you today if that's you. The first one is, Man, just let us know about your decision. You can do that by texting RL next to 97000. And just like Doug in the story with Bill, we want to be there to come next to you. We'll have a connection team member reach out to you over the phone. They're not gonna show up on your doorstep, but their whole job is to just make you feel at home and get you started off on the right foot. And just, man, it is the most important and the best decision you ever could have made. So we're, again, so excited for you. If you happen to be with us in person, we've got something else for you. On your way out of the worship center, there's a red bag. Uh, grab one of those. Inside there's a Bible. There's a link to some other great resources. Just another great next step to get started off on the right foot. And we are so excited for you guys. Please let us know about your decision. For everybody else, I've got a great next step for you as well today. As Pastor Sean was talking about, let God's glory shine through you. And the best way you can do that is through relationships. And I want you to know that we are kicking off the next semester of life groups right now, starting today. You have 12 different groups, and there's a group uh, in different areas, different interests, different days. There is a group for you. Get online and check it out on reallifechurchkc.com. And we have everything from archery to hangouts to Bible studies to, if you're new here, we have connection groups. Uh, we have everything and anything that you would just love. Get signed up. Don't miss out on this opportunity. It's the best way to find freedom is through relationships. Let the voices that God brings in your life be the ones that determine your future. And God will use them just to grow your life beyond measuring. Can't wait to see you guys in a group this semester. Here at Real Life, we uh, we're just take this opportunity to give and just uh, follow God in his leading. And if you've been a part of Real Life for any time at all, you call Real Life Home. Man, the way that you give and your generosity and your financial impact on people, just changes their lives day in and day out. We use that to help people become disciples and grow leaders through our church. And it's just gonna make a huge spiritual impact on our city. So I invite you to continue to do that. And at Real Life, there's three ways that you can give here. First one is going online at reallifechurchkc.com. Number two, you can text any amount to 84321, or if you'd like to use a cash or check, you can drop it in the giving box at the back of the worship center. Take a second and check out this video.
0: Real life, check it out. We're here at the Hope Center, and uh, I've got two really cool things I want to share with you. Number one is this. Our life groups launched... Today, I know you guys heard that from Barry a second ago, but I'm telling you, this is something you got to get involved in. And holy smokes, I've seen the groups, I know the leaders. I'm telling you, it's gonna change your life. This is really cool. So my wife, she works at Children's Mercy Hospital and she does this trauma training she went through. And this is really cool. Science has just validated that life groups are gonna change your life. This is what they said if somebody who's gone through childhood trauma, some kind of neglect or hurt, any kind of wound in the past. They said the key to recovery is relationships. Come on. Can you believe that? That's actually scientifically studied. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that a long time ago in James 5 that relationships bring healing. So I want to encourage you this summer, jump in. This is my push for you. I know you're all crazy busy, but guess what? We're asking for four weeks, just half the summer for you guys. Jump on in. I know God is gonna use it. And here at the Hope Center, while we're here today, um, guess what? This can be the future home of some of our life groups. And I want you to check out a little update of what God's doing, kind of where we're at in the process. So down here, this is our almost finished structural drawings. And we've rearranged the whole place a few times. And uh, we're working with our architect Mantel Teeter. And we are bringing this to the city of Belden, this Wednesday, so it's absolutely awesome. Uh, We've talked to landlord, they're like, hey, we love the plan, now just pray for us. We're going to the city, this is the initial meeting, and just see uh, what they think, and then get the ball rolling with our mechanical, electrical, and plumbing. Let's remind you guys why we're doing this. I believe this place is gonna be a hub of life change for our city, and this is gonna be a place where people come get connected to other people, grow in relationship with God, whether they're teenagers, whether people on life groups, or whether people are serving the community, and God's gonna use it for years and years and years to come because you guys laid the seed for this foundation. So that's our quick update. I'm telling you next time we're gonna meet, hopefully it is finalized and we are moving forward with this project. It takes a lot of time, but your prayers make all the difference. Your generosity makes a difference. So thank you for being part part, what God is doing here at the Hope Center.
4: Man, you guys excited or not? Man, that's going to be so cool. Can't wait to see how God can, can he, continues to move with this. Can't wait to see. It's going to be awesome. Hey, if you guys need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. Don't miss next week as we continue our series, Wake at 9, 30, and 11. Can't wait to see you guys in a life group this week. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you guys next week.